0: If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipsker for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. Chag Sameach, what a special time. good moed, good Arab Shabbos, a time of intense, incredible joy. What a time of the year in the middle of Sukkot, preparing for Shabbat Halamad, and soon thereafter, of course many had said it and Simchat Torah, the joy can be felt in every single area. Come into Shul and one already knows something extraordinary is about to happen this week. And in fact it's been happening all week from the second night of Sukkot, we celebrate what is known as Simchat Beta Hashoeva. It is that incredible festival, well, not part of a festival, where they drew the water and they poured it on the mezbeach at specific times. Throughout the year, of course, uh, wine was poured on the altar, but during the festival of Sukkot, they poured water, and this brought about an incredible celebration of joy. In fact, our sages tell us, he who hasn't experienced the joy or hasn't seen this joy of Simchat Beit hasn't experienced joy in his life. Of course, Sukkot generally known as Man Simchatenu, the season, the era, the time of our joy, but it intensifies with this particular and somewhat strange mitzvah, of the pouring of the water on the altar. And the question is, what is so special about that? What makes it so? Why, in fact, do we celebrate with such intensity at this particular time of the year? Isn't Sukkot joyous enough on its own? What is happening over here that makes it so spectacular? According to our Hasidic masters, of course, the reason is because the difference between wine and water is that wine has a special taste, Whereas water, in a sense, is tasteless. It should be tasteless. And spiritually speaking, the difference between wine and water. Wine represents fulfilling God's will, but at the same time receiving a reward. A taste, a special taste, a sweet taste, a dry taste, but a taste as a reward. Whereas water represents fulfilling God's will for no other reason than simply fulfilling His will. And while, of course, there's nothing wrong with doing mitzvot to receive a reward. There's nothing wrong with doing mitzvot in order to celebrate a type of response from Hashem in a gifted sort of way. But at the same time, doing something without any reward whatsoever is so much greater. And this is a special time of the year. This is a special time of the year that we celebrate the water relationship with God doing that which he wants us to do, simply for the fact that this is what he wants us to do. And why it happens at this particular time of the year? Well, quite simply, we've gone through, well, a half a month almost of incredible celebration on a very spiritual level. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, 10 days of of repentance. We have achieved a new dimension of spirituality within ourselves. And what is the greatest level of spirituality within ourselves is the concept of being humble. Not because you want to receive a reward, but to do something because it's the right thing to do and nothing beyond that. In fact, in Pirkei Avot we speak about we should be servants unto God, not in order to receive any benefit or personal reward, but simply to fulfill the will of the Master. And when a person achieves that level in life, the joy is incredible. There are no limits. There are no restrictions. There's nothing holding you back. We speak about the concept of Simcha Paretz Gede. Simcha, joy, breaks down all barriers. And when a person is intensely joyous, he achieves incredibly high levels of spirituality. You know, as long as we receive a reward, as great as it may be, we're limited by that particular reward. It might be incredible. It might be incredibly intense, but it's still limited. And therefore, the joy that accompanies a reward is also limited to a certain degree. Whereas when we fulfill the will of God for no reward whatsoever, There are no restrictions, there are no boundaries, there are no obstacles. There is no personal bias involved at all. And therefore, the joy that accompanies something like that is extraordinary. It's way beyond any type of definition and description. And this is why this particular time of the year we celebrate Simchat Beta Shoeva. We celebrate the water libation, the water drawing. We celebrate limitless joy at the highest possible level. But it goes beyond that as well. Joy is something which connects us to others in an incredible sort of way. When a person is truly joyous, there are no obstacles and limitations. Equally so, when we relate to God himself and he to us, the dimension of joy brings us far closer, with far greater intensity. Sukkot generally is a time of unity, of bringing together all the various elements, sometimes opposing elements, sometimes elements which conflict one with another. Sukkot is a time on every single level, the sukkot itself, the four species, the time of the year. This is a time that we bring together various In fact, all elements. Now, there's no greater joy than that. Because when only, well, even 99% of the elements are brought together, 1% is missing. This causes a dimension of distress. This causes a dimension of limitation. This causes something that, well, we don't really have everyone there. But when everyone is there, the joy is so much greater. It's complete. It's full. Everyone is sitting around the table. Everyone is present. Everyone is represented. Simply speaking, of course, like a family. When the entire family, in unity and with joy, and with brotherly love, sisterly love, sit together at any opportunity, the joy that is felt by everyone is altogether different. God forbid when someone's missing. When someone's not at the table. Either passed on, or geographically distant or perhaps conflict within the family. That family simcha, that family joy is not complete. But when everyone is there with a happy heart, with a tremendous sense of connection and love, can you simply imagine the incredible joy that takes place at that time? So this is why when we have the limitless simcha, which comes about as represented by the water, fulfilling the will of God for no other reason than this is his will, this is what he wants. There is no obstruction, there's no limitation within, and therefore the intensity is incredibly powerful. This is what Simchat Beit Hashoeva is all about. This is what the Festival of Sukkot is all about. And this is what we are celebrating right now. We are celebrating the extraordinary sense of unity, the extraordinary sense of joy that comes at this particular time of the year. More of that. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska only on 101.9 High FM. I mentioned before the incredible intensity of joy that we celebrate at this particular time. And when we consider Shabbat Chal Hamad, which, please God, is tomorrow, tonight and tomorrow, there's something strange about it. First of all, it's not something which happens every Sukkot. depends on the structure of the calendar that year. If the first days of Sukkot contains Shabbat, then we don't have Shabbat Chal Hamad. And this is why when we read the Parsha, and more so when we read the Haftarah that we will do tomorrow, one is taken aback. If in fact this is the time of the incredible joy that we celebrate during this particular era of the year, Sukkot, the festival of joy, the festival of true unity, Simchat no restrictions, no limitations, we simply do what God wants us to do at the highest level for no other reason than this is His will. And then we have to ask ourselves, why have the sages chosen the particular Torah reading that we will, in fact, read tomorrow? We talk about Psalacha, where God tells Moshe, to make another set of luchot of the tablets of the Ten Commandments. And why was it necessary for him to do so? Because he smashed the first two. Coming down from heaven, he saw the Jewish people dancing around the golden calf, performing the worst type of behavior, idolatry, and everything that went with it. Moshe felt that the Jewish people were not worthy of receiving this divine gift, this physical divine gift directly from God, the Ten Commandments. And coming down the mountain, he smashed them. And after a long process of making overtures to God, pleading with God to forgive the Jewish people, and God finally accedes to his incredible request, Hashem tells him, Salachah, you make another set of stones, which I will inscribe, and this will be the second set of tablets. In actual fact, this speaks about the worst possible time of the Jewish people in the wilderness, having experienced the incredible, the incredible miracle of receiving the Torah at Sinai, less than 40 days later to dance around the golden calf. How was it possible for the Jewish people to behave in such a way? And it speaks about a time that the spiritual level of the Jewish people were at its lowest. In actual fact, the particular portion that we're going to read tomorrow is read on the fast days when in a state of sadness we commemorate moments of grief and difficulty. And yet, our sages have chosen this particular portion of the Torah to be read on Shabbat Cholamot Sukkot while we celebrate the intensity of joy that I mentioned before? How can we possibly reconcile? Weren't there other parts of Torah that speak about joy? Weren't there other parts of Torah that speak of incredible and intense and powerful joy? Of course there are. Why choose a portion that reminds us of the Jewish people at its worst spiritual state, having fallen as a result of the golden calf? And while, of course, our sages attempt to answer this in all sorts of different ways, there's one answer that really tells us why, in fact, they have chosen this particular portion. Because it speaks about the incredible gift of God, the gift of atonement, the gift of forgiveness. You know, if a person transgressed, did a sin, unfortunately, unfortunately, and it stayed with him forever as a stigma, as a dark mark, on his soul, on his life. How sad life would be! We would go through life with all sorts of baggage, negative baggage, that we can never get rid of. But Hashem, as a result of the incredible overtures of Moshe, forgave the Jewish people. Not only did He forgive the Jewish people, but He granted them the Yud Gimel Midot Harachamim, the thirteen levels of divine compassion. Not only that, but he told Moshe to again prepare a set of tablets that he would inscribe, the second set of the Luchot. Forgiveness is the greatest gift that God gives us because he cleanses us of all negativity, of anything that might hold us back. Forgiveness is something which comes about as a result of God himself looking at us and hearing our pleas that we ask him to bring about atonement, and Hashem grants us Teshuvah. Teshuvah is repentance to return. Hashem gives us that incredible gift. Now, at the beginning of this month, Rosh Hashanah, the 10 days of repentance, Yom Kippur, we go through the process of Teshuvah through the expression of Yira, of awe and fear. We stand before God and we tremble as we've said in the prayers again and again in the slichot that we say throughout Yom Kippur. We speak about standing before God, trembling, asking for a good year, knowing full well that we may not deserve it. And Hashem forgives us. Hashem gives us that incredible gift of forgiveness and atonement. As a result of our prayers, as a result of our overtures, as a result of the resolutions that we make that the coming year will be a much better year. But nonetheless, the method, the mode through which we express our prayers is one of awe and one of fear. Awe and fear are necessary. We have to love God. We have to fear God. And to fear God means to understand the incredible dimension of his absolute majesty, creator, and director of this incredible creation that he brought into being. But standing before the king, we realize, we recognize how small we are. And sometimes we think to ourselves how non-deserving we are. And as we go through, again and again and again repeating the sins that we have committed in the past year, and we beat our chests. We talk to ourselves, and we say to ourselves, perhaps we're not deserving of God's forgiveness, having transgressed again and again and again, and yet God forgives us. So we achieve the on Yom Kippur. We achieve an incredible level of teshubah, of being forgiven. Hashem atones for the sins that we have done. But again, it comes through the harshness, the harshness and difficulty of Yirah of recognizing our sins, of recognizing our shortcomings, of recognizing the transgressions that we have performed, and hopefully trying to live a better life. Whereas when it comes to Sukkot, the same thing happens. The same thing, we are expressing our desire to reconnect with God, but this time through the medium and mode of Simcha, We speak about the repentance, we speak about the atonement, we speak about the forgiveness that comes through the expression of incredible simcha, with an intensity of joy that overwhelms everything. We stand before God, not trembling, but dancing and singing and praising Hashem in the fullest sense of the word. We don't look at the dimension of negativity of sin that we may have performed. We speak about Hashem's goodness. We speak about the mitzvot that we will do. We speak about the opportunity once again to prepare a set of luchot of stones that will in fact become the second set of luchot. And this is something which is intensified during this period of Simchat Beit Hashoeva. It's not only a time of joy and celebration and festivity at its highest level. Of course it's that. But it's the ability of connecting with God through the medium of joy, the ultimate expression of Teshuvah. And this is why in Shabbat Cholamod, what do we read about? We read about the story that speaks about Teshuvah. And while, of course, it's read on fast days as well, with a dimension, (coughs) excuse me, with a dimension of solemnity, and sometimes even a dimension of sadness. Today we read that portion, the Shabbos we read that portion with a tremendous sense of joy. It comes about during the time, during the period of Simchat Beta HaShoeva. The joy that enables us to reconnect with God, to connect with God at the highest level through the medium of joy. Joy has no restriction and limitation whatsoever. When it comes to awe, when it comes to fear... There is a dimension of negativity as we discussed. There is that shadow that lurks that we are concerned about. And this is why we tremble. We tremble with fear. Whereas with joy, there is no negativity whatsoever. It's pure. And certainly through the process of the water dimension, that we simply reconnect with Hashem for no other reason than we want to connect with Hashem. Not for any other personal benefit or reward whatsoever. The teshuva that is created as a result of that type of behavior is incredibly intense. Something which is way beyond any type of restriction or limitation. It takes us to the highest possible level. And this is why our sages tell us, in particular, Rabbi Shneur Zalman of Liadi, the author of the Tanya, and the Radvil Chanarich talks to us about the particular activities of this time of the year, and he says that what one can accomplish through the joy, the festivity, the dancing on Shmini seret and Simchat Torah is equal to the spiritual. Development of Rosh Hashanah Yad Kippur that we achieve through prayer and through fasting, and not only that, he says sometimes it's even higher. Can you possibly imagine? We go through the intensity of Rosh Hashanah Yad Kippur, We stand before God, the Judge of Judges, the King of Kings, Creator of Heaven and Earth, trembling. And how do we approach God on Simchat Torah? Shmini and Simchat Torah. Bikudim, we dance, we hold the Torah, and we lift our feet, and we sing Hashem's praises. This is able to achieve on high whatever Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur can and beyond. And this is why we read this particular portion, because it talks to us about returning to Hashem. It talks to us about the intensity, the incredible intensity of what joy can accomplish at the highest possible level. And this is why this Shabbos is so special, because even though it's not read every single year, we are privileged this year to have Shabbat Chalemot and to remember what we can do as a result of joy. It always, well, it always bothered me. That when it comes to the days of intensity, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, every shul is full. When it comes to the celebration of Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, it's not that full. And while, of course, I believe it's, it's much better to be in shul three days a year than not at all, but I wonder how is it that Hashem gives us an opportunity to rejoice, to celebrate, to sing, to dance, and we don't take that opportunity. And even if we do, sometimes that joy is limited. Yes, we hold the Torah, we walk around, we sing a song for a few minutes. It's not that at all. We have to take our body and to move it to the most intense level that we can to sing, to lift the Torah. As our sages tell us, the Torah waits the entire year to dance. But in order for the Torah to dance, it needs us to dance with it. The Torah is a gift of Hashem, it's the word of Hashem, it's the wisdom of God, it's all those great things, and the Torah waits the entire year for you and me to take it and hold it in our arms and to dance with great intensity, to dance with great joy. And what do you accomplish? You accomplish whatever you've accomplished on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and even higher, you have to learn to take advantage of that opportunity. The question is, how do we do it? And the strange thing is, often it's far easier, it's far easier to experience the intensity of, well, the fear of God, than to express the joy. It's a phenomenon. How is it that a human being is able to feel seriousness a lot easier, a lot quicker than he can feel joy? And the answer, of course, is because joy comes from a much higher level. And because joy comes from a much higher level, you have to draw upon the inner dimensions of your soul in order to express it fully. And while, of course, our body resists it, yes, our body resists the intensity of joy. We tire easily. We sing the song. We go around the circle. But in order for it to really reverberate through our entire being and to accomplish the incredible things that it can, It's absolutely necessary for us to draw out that inner dimension of joy which is at the core of our soul and to make it real, to make it conscious, to make it part of our behavior, to dance, to sing, to celebrate in the fullest sense of the word. And this is not the easiest thing to accomplish, but the results are quite incredible. And this is why as we approach Simchat Torah, as we approach that particular time of the year, the climax of the Simcha of Sukkot and the Simchat Beta we have to remember what we're accomplishing, and this is why this year we have the opportunity of actually reading that portion of Teshuvah. Teshuvah is not only repentance, as I've said so often. Teshuvah is returning to Hashem, Core to core, essence to essence, because after all, our soul is chelik alikam imal. It's part and parcel of God Himself, and for us to touch that, in us, for us to be conscious of something like that, this creates a tremendous expression of joy. This creates a tremendous awareness of how fortunate, how great, how blessed we are. We have to take this opportunity of reaching deeply into our soul and bringing out that dimension of joy, that dimension of simcha. And this is why when you hear the parsha tomorrow, you have to know this is not a sad story, this is an intensely joyous story. This is a story where Hashem responds to the incredible overtures of Moshe. And He says, I will forgive them as you have requested. And not only will I forgive them, but I will also give them the opportunity of achieving this level of teshuvah, of return through the expression of joy. It's not only that you have to stand before God, the king of kings, the judge of judges, and tremble, that has its place at the beginning of the month of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, Aseret Yamei teshuvah, Yom Kippur. But now we have the opportunity during Sukkot, in the sukkah. To celebrate, to uplift, and to hear the story of the Shuvav return on Shabbat so that we can approach Shmini and Simcha Torah with hearts that are truly happy, with hearts that are truly joyous. Our bodies dance. We lift the Torah. We become one with the Torah. We become one with Hashem. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We just spoke about this incredible gift that Hashem gives us. Not only does He give us the gift of Teshuvah, of Atonement, of Repentance, but enables us to return core to core, which brings about a tremendous expression of joy and a tremendous expression, intensity of joy. But there's also something else that we read this Shabbos tomorrow that tells us an incredible story. It's the story of the Haftarah, where the prophet talks to us about the great battle of Gog and Magog. And while, of course, our sages have so much to say about this strange story, Yeheskel, the great prophet, In his incredible language depicts a time when the nations of the world who have well not behaved as well as they should represented by Gog and Mokog the 70 nations of the world and how Hashem will bring about retribution for all the negativity they have done throughout the ages it's an incredible story but the reason that it's incredible is because so many of our sages talk to us about how the Battle of Gogon mogog what some people call our Armageddon, this is a story that will precede the coming of Mashiach. First of all, the Elijah prophet, Eliyahu Hanavi, will come and herald the coming of Mashiach. Then this great battle will take place, and then Mashiach will appear. And this is a story which is so close to the Jewish heart this incredible faith that we have, anima I believe with absolute faith in the coming of Mashiach. And even though he might tarry, he might take his time, yet we believe with absolute intensity one of the 13 principles of our faith. Faith in Mashiach. Now, faith in Mashiach tells us that there will be a moment, and please God, it comes very soon, When everything comes right, when everything becomes perfect, negativity is removed. Those who have hurt will, in fact, be punished. There will be an era of spiritual and material goodness and blessing. It will be a time of incredible spiritual revelation, the coming of Mashiach. We can talk for hours about what it means it will mean that the world changes. It means that great things will happen. Illness will no longer exist. Negativity will no longer Strife will no longer exist. Everything will bloom with the incredible blessing of Hashem in the most powerful sort of way. We will see the purpose and truth about God's creation. Everything will be revealed. But before that, the negativity has to be removed. And that's the story of Gog and Mogok, the story of the great battle that will take place. And as we hear the words that Yechezkel is saying, the prophet Ezekiel is telling us, it uplifts us. And this adds tremendous dimension to the joy that we experience during this particular time. We live in a world that can often be dark. We can live in we live in a world where sometimes we have painful questions: Why do evil people prosper and good people suffer? Why this and why that? And we have good cause to ask those questions again and again and again. And this is why we have to remind ourselves from time to time that this will not continue forever. It will, in fact be a time of great openness, of great revelation, that Hashem Himself will deal with the negativity. He will show us what, in fact, true judgment is all about. And this not only gives us intense hope, but it also gives us confidence and strength. But it also gives us a tremendous dimension of joy as well. Each and every single moment of this particular time, we add more and more dimensions of spiritual joy into our lives, beginning with the festival of Sukkot, the festival of unity, Zman Simchatayn, or the time that we celebrate. This is the season of our joy. This is the season of our joy. And the second night of Sukkot, when we begin to celebrate Simchat, the great libation of water where incredible things happen, a joy, as our sages tell us, unlike any other, and he who hasn't experienced this joy has never experienced real joy in his life. This year we're blessed with Shabbat al that we read about the concept of Teshuvah, repentance for joy, return through the medium of joy, core to core, essence to essence with Hashem. We speak about, well, we speak about approaching Simchat Torah, said it when the joy comes totally incredible, dancing and singing with passion, with excitement, with greatness. This is what this time of the year is all about, and that's why we read this Haftarah. Because it's a prelude that tells us about the coming of Mashiach. And while, of course, it's very difficult to pinpoint who Gog and Mogog were, who they are, yet the Torah tells us quite clearly what will happen. And while, of course, it's impossible to pinpoint the coming of Mashiach, we feel within ourselves that it's very, very close. It's something which is close to us, which adds to the intensity of joy with incredible, immeasurable greatness. And this is something, again, that we must learn to take advantage of. You know, there is enough sadness in the world individually, collectively, as a people. There is more than enough sadness in the world. And when we have the opportunity to rejoice, we should grab it with both hands and hold on to it, to make it part of our lives, to make it part of our reality, to make it part of our expression. Instead of frowning, we should smile. Instead of moaning, we should sing. Instead of being negative, to be positive. Instead of being divisive, to be inclusive, to reach out with unity, with a tremendous sense of goodness and love. All these things usher in the era of true joy, the coming of Mashiach. And this is something that we have to work at. Yes, as I said before, very often it's easy. Well, not easy, but relatively easy to express these feelings through the intensity of the first days of the month of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. But we really have to call upon inner energies to express it through the dimension of joy. And this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully, because what you read is not a story of sadness, it's a story of incredible joy. When you hear the person who has the Haftarah, to read the Haftarah. Listen carefully to the story of Yechezkel about the great battle where negativity will come to an end. Use this time correctly. Become joyous. Celebrate with passion, with intensity. Make it your own. Share it with others, family and friends and community. Take zman simchatenu, muadim le The time of, well, great joy. Have a good Shabbos, a good Yontef. Celebrate.